Tripping on them hoes. I be getting money up, brothers running in and out. Whole team with me if anything gets ahead of stop. Feel baby, I just throw the plays, my niggas run around. So you can pack your bags, little baby. I only want them out. I can't trust the bitch. We can fuck, but only. Alright, so jumping into music, man. Big weekend on music. You got the boy Drake dropped a new album called For All My Dogs, which kind of gives the impression that this is gonna be a spitting album. You know, when it comes to Drake. A lot of times you don't know what the music going to sound like. You know he's going to find a hit record almost any time he drop music, but he didn't drop that dance, dancey album. Then, you know, he sing a lot. But For My Dogs, that album title would make it sound to me like that he's on there spitting. Um, I haven't listened to the album, and here's a couple reasons why. First and foremost, the internet hype, whenever somebody of his caliber drops an album, you're going to immediately get all these reactions. Now, I want to be caught up into the reactions of people saying it's trash or it's classic within a couple minutes of it dropping. So I like to give myself a little grace period. Usually when Drake drops an album, because I do believe he's one of the best rappers, entertainers or anything of his era, I usually go to his music directly when it comes out. I usually get with it. I usually... Ignore the noise as far as uh, feedback on the album, but I usually do go check it out. This time it's a little different. I haven't jumped into it. I did see um, some people posting little shit about it. I saw that he got a song called Virginia Beach, which I'm assuming got something to do with Pusher T because why else, you know, okay, when it comes to that, I don't think that's a fight that he wants to continue on doing Drake. Over the years, over his career, he's real good with the sneaky diss, and he's real good with getting under people's skin and saying little slick stuff, and he's real good at it. But out of all the times he didn't did it and people he didn't pop shots at, uh, I think it was pretty obvious that Pusher T wasn't really that caliber of nigga to let him get away with it, and Pusher T rubbed his face in the mud the last time. So if I was Drake, I'd just hold on to that, if you want to call it an L from you know, when Pusha T got at him before. I'll just hold on to that and move on. But, you know, I saw that on the track list. I see he got a song with J. Cole. Um, and I didn't really see too much past that. But what I've been seeing from Drake in the public eye lately, the internet, whatever, this nigga's been painting his nails. And I know we're in this new era of, I guess, unisex. Niggas is doing what females do. Females are doing what niggas do. I'm not okay with that. I like black and white. You understand what I'm saying? I don't like gray areas. I like black and white. And the fact that this nigga been painting his nails, it's not going to let me allow a nigga that paints his nails to rush me. So that nigga over there with them phosphorescent blue nails, doing the little twinkle fingers with somebody in a video that I seen, I will not be rushed. I'll take my time. I get to it when I get to it. And hopefully it's a good album. A lot of the feedback I'm seeing so far is saying it's mid, it's not good. Um, that could be the case. A lot of times when the uh, public opinion tends to be one thing, I might think something differently. So I'm going to still listen to it with an open mind. But far as rushing to it, man, look, brother's painting his nails, man. It's just not really something that I'm into. So I will not be rushed. I will not listen to this album by force. I will not get caught up in none of that shit so is what it is one way or another good album bad album whenever drake drops it's a moment in hip-hop 
And that's a lot more than what I could say for a lot of other shit that goes on out here. Um, I've quoted a couple of times one of my favorite sayings or a line that came out of music in music history is uh, Drake said, nowadays famous disconnected from excellence. And it's so true when you look at what's going on um, back in the days, you know what I'm saying? If you've seen somebody on TV or somebody had a record deal, then they were usually really good at what they do. Now the internet's opened up the floodgates. You got a whole bunch of no talent people that's willing to cross a line to get exposure, followers, and these music companies are just allowing it to happen because they're going with, with what's trendy. And that seems to be the thing with Sexy Red. I Look, I don't like talking about this girl, but it's like y'all won't leave her out of my face, so I don't have no choice. So another sex tape came out on her, and the reviews are saying, Pound Town, thugging with my rounds, her coochie black, and her booty hole is brown. They said she on there getting spit started. I don't care about the sex life of these people. And this is the thing about fame being disconnected from excellence. Back in the days, you know what I'm saying? You'd have these celebrities, these larger-than-life figures, and you didn't know nothing about nothing. You understand what I'm saying? When Whitney Houston and all this, no one knew she had a, a drug issue until it was on reality TV for the most part. Now, that could be something that the inner circle knew. I'm sure they did, but the average person... They didn't, you know what I'm saying? They didn't know that was going on. All these people's personal lives, I liked it better when they was just part of their personal lives. But now, any entertainer that comes out, you're going to get a sex tape. You're going to get them being exposed. You're going to get just too much private details. And I don't care to know that much about anybody, especially somebody. And I don't want to keep taking shots at the girl, but someone I don't see the talent in. I, I feel like she's just a caricature and that she plays a role i don't know if she's really like that but you know saying all the vile shit she says and everything and we in this women's movement of open sexuality and all that stuff that's cool but she she goes a little past that when she gets to talking about stds and all this other shit it's all for shock value and same thing with the suki hana girl i don't see the talent in it what i see is a girl that they've decided they could put on a platform, they could put a beat behind it, maybe a catchy line, and then you get these other girls that might be hood radish or ratchet style bras that's gonna flock to it because they see the flaws in themselves that they see within her. But the problem is they elevate this shit to where it's now like the soundtrack of what's going on. And it's not good music. I I mean I don't hear no quotables, no spitting, and I know everything ain't for everybody. You know, I know that a lot of times, certain people want to listen to music that's got context, that has depth. Some other people just want to listen to something that's a vibe. And But her shit is just all shock value. And it's not just her. It's a lot of, you know what I'm saying, so-called rappers that's out these days. So, you know, over the past couple months since she's arrived, uh, she's been a topic of a lot of conversation. And in 2023, that's considered winning. To me, I think that, you know, if you have a talent that you devalue yourself by doing all this weirdo shit, but if you don't have a talent, it's a way to make money, and I ain't mad at nobody getting to their bag. Me, personally, I try not to indulge, so could y'all please keep this girl, her exposed naked body, her sexual escapades off my timeline. Sometimes I just want to go on social media and find funny pictures. I want to tell jokes and shit like that. I don't need to see that all the time. You understand what I'm saying? So... Drake dropping album is going to trump that 
regardless of if the album's good or not. So here we are. Watching niggas trying to figure how I fall right. Different figures coming in, new money, get it all right. Kept the knife up in my back. I don't want to bleed out. Cuts hell fast, but them cuts getting deep now. You ain't got no. All right, man. So the big news, I guess it's a little late, but coming out of Las Vegas is Keefe D got arrested for his involvement with the 1996 murder of Tupac Shakur. Um, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department went out of their way to do a big rollout and say how they've they've gotten justice for Tupac's family and all this shit 27 years later. And mind you, this nigga been telling on himself on the internet, Vlad interviews and other interviews, confessing to this shit for at least 10 years, you know, literally telling on himself, which is basically taunting it in front of the police's face. At some point it was going to happen but it's not like it's breaking news or anything. The streets been knew who killed Tupac. This nigga been told the rest of the world who killed Tupac, put himself in like the dummy that he is. And on top of that, he is already ratting on somebody else. So I guess he just got too comfortable. He figured after all this time, they didn't care to close that case. But, you know, the police are political, too. They like to have those big name cases closed in a city like Las Vegas that's built on tourism, open murders of celebrities is not ever going to be a good thing. A lot of people, first time they go to Las Vegas and they go to that Colvo and Flamingo um, intersection, realize that's where Tupac got shot at. It's kind of like a surreal thing, especially for people that's like my age range. You understand what I'm saying? So Keefe D, I wish I had a button to give you the congratulations. You played yourself because that nigga played himself. He'd been playing himself for a long time. And, now there's a whole thing of who else is he going to tell on? He's already pretty much told everything. He said, did he offer the money? And this nigga did that and that nigga did this. And people wondering if maybe Diddy's going to have a little bit of hell to pay for it, which I doubt he's too powerful. He got big lawyers. And I doubt that there's even going to be any kind of paper trail in the event that rat ass nigga Keefe D wasn't lying about that. You know, I don't see anything that's going to connect Puffy here, but QBD is now 60 years old. He's living out there in Henderson, Nevada. It's like a suburb of Vegas. And really just spending his whole life hopping on the internet, reiterating, telling on himself, reiterating, putting himself in the middle of a murder of one of the most beloved music figures of all time. So he finally got what he's been begging for. He's locked up. Um, Las Vegas, please, I want to give you guys a shout out for doing a horrible job. This evidence been out there for decades, literally, and y'all just decided to move on it. So those pictures and shit y'all taking, the videos y'all are posting, and the credit that you're taking for this shit is very unwell-deserved. It's it's literally the definition of like a group project, and you don't do shit. You just show up and get an A. In this case, if it was a group project in school, everyone already graduated. Some people died and shit. So it's like very, very unenthusiastically that you should be trying to take any sort of credit for this shit. All right. So once again, shout out to Keefe D for getting what he deserves. He's that's now locked up in Clark County detention center. I wouldn't be mad if someone knocked his old ass down while he's up in there and shit. I don't, I don't personally got no love for him or no nigga like him. And, um, here's what it is, man. Rest in peace to Tupac. Watching niggas trying to figure how I fall right coming in new money get it all right kept the knife up in my back i don't want to bleed out cuts hell fast but them cuts getting deep now hey, well, you know i'm on that sports shit always 
So far as what's going on in the sports world, let me pop into the NBA. The season getting ready to start. I think they had the first preseason game in Abu Dhabi. It was uh, Luka and Kyrie, Dallas Mavericks. They played against somebody. I'm not even sure who they played against, but it wasn't really nothing extraordinary to write home about going on in that game. But just the fact that I see the NBA is kicking up, that's a good sign because we made it through the dog days in summer where it's just baseball and not too much. Of course, football that started up now, but, you know, I'm going to be happy to see basketball on the way back in. That being said, man, Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee, that's a major move right there. When you look at Milwaukee and the Greek Freak and Chris Middleton, you understand me, Brooke Lopez, that's a nice squad. They didn't win a championship with that core of players. Obviously, they lost Drew Holiday. Now he ended up on Boston, which is another story, but adding Damian Lillard to that group of guys, man, in that in that team, that atmosphere, that's exciting. I don't know if that makes them some kind of a favorite to win it all, but it's definitely an upgrade, and it's going to be fun to watch when you got that inside-out thing. And I don't want people to get mad, but when I say Kobe and Shaq comparisons aren't that far off, I mean, of course, Kobe and Shaq are two all-time greats. I feel like so is Giannis and Damian Lillard, even though they may not be held to the same regard as Shaq and Kobe, because that's a dynasty. That's, you know, rings on rings, and it's the Lakers, and it's super superstars. But when you got a big man uh, that plays down in the paint, and then you got a guard that can get his own shot and hit big shots and stuff, it's exciting. Uh, again, with that trade, Drew Holiday, who a lot of people don't really understand how good he is if you ain't a basketball fan like that. If you're just a casual, you don't understand how much of a difference maker Drew Holiday is offensively and defensively more so. He goes over to Boston. He's going to team up with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And they lost Marcus Smart, which he seemed to be kind of the heart and soul of their team. So they're replacing him with Drew Holiday, who's an upgrade. He's got a a little bit more of a skill set. He, I know Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year, which I didn't agree with. Even though he does play tough, the nigga flops a lot. Drew Holiday is a lockdown defender also. So you add him over to that team, that makes Boston still a big, big dog in the East. It's going to be interesting to see, man. Staying with basketball, we got the WNBA Finals coming in. and I've been over this on a couple episodes because we had this whole equality conversation when it comes to anything. And you had this moment where... They're bitching about the WNBA players not making money. And my rebuttal to that was no one goes to the games. People don't watch it. The product might not be as good as it could be. And there's a couple of reasons that I think that is that way. And I've been over them things before. But I watch the WNBA personally. Also, repping for Vegas. I'm a big Las Vegas Aces fan. Shout out to Aja Wilson, Kelsey Plum. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jackie, all them girls over there. You know, they're the reigning defending WNBA champions, and we got the WNBA championship coming up. They're playing against the New York Liberty, who is the only team this season that's been able to really give them a fight. And actually, the Liberty have a winning record against the Aces, which is saying a lot because the Aces barely lost any games this year. So we got that kicking up. You know, I'm rooting for the Aces, man. Um, Congratulations to the Liberty getting there. If you guys want to give the WNBA a chance, maybe you haven't seen any games and stuff, this is the time to do it because you're going to be getting the two most elite teams in the league. Give them a chance. Check it out. I think it's a, you know, it's going to be a good series. I'm going to take the Aces to win that thing because I'm repping for Vegas. We're going to put it down like that. So shout out to them. And sliding over to the NFL real quick. 
It was a game Thursday. Bears and the Washington Commanders, formerly the Redskins. Now, the Bears had had lost 14 games in a row, which is real hard to do. It's looking like probably the worst franchise in professional sports. And they start playing fingers. So I got a big Chicago following on social media, a big contingency of niggas from the shy. And these niggas love their teams. Boy, they love their Bears. They love their Bulls. They love Michael Jordan. They love anything Chicago. They love Italian beef sandwiches. And, hey, don't be fooled. Them Chicago niggas don't really fuck with that nasty-ass deep-dish pizza. But, you know, they love their city, and I respect it. But them niggas be annoying as fuck. So the Bears being terrible actually worked for me because that at least gets them to shut up about something. Problem is, the Bears actually won. My guy, Justin Fields, man, look, Ohio State Buckeye, I'm always going to fuck with Justin Fields. A lot of people been pointing fingers at him. Kind of find out when they let this nigga play his game, he's, I'm not going to call him elite, but he's better than average as a quarterback. A stat that might be a little bit misleading given that they hadn't won a game. Justin Fields is tied for the lead in the NFL with touchdown passes. You understand what I'm saying? His quarterback efficiency over the last two games is elite. Now, they actually won this game. They beat the commanders. They put up, I think, 40 points. That offense was humming. They was letting my man take shots down the field. They was letting them run the read option here and there. They got DJ Moore going crazy at wide receiver. He had over like 200 and some yards receiving. Justin Fields was responsible for four touchdowns. And the Bears finally got off the zero and got a win. So, of course, these same Chicago niggas I referenced a minute ago will not shut the fuck up. They're popping up, talking about their back. They're going to win the division all this other shit, and I'm just like, man, like, I hate to root against these niggas just because these annoying people in, in my uh, sight of vision, but it's like, I need these niggas to shut up, man, so, you know, I'm taking the Detroit Lions and still win that division. I'm glad to see Justin Fields flourishing, which he started doing towards the end of last year, and then he came out cold this year because they tried to put the handcuffs back on him. One thing the NFL is having a problem with when it comes to these athletic quarterbacks black quarterbacks being the face of a franchise, they're still not completely okay with that. So you draft these guys out of college that got a different skill set than maybe a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning and some of these traditional quarterbacks, and you try and stick Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields or, you know, one of these guys that's a dual threat like a Jalen Hurts, and you try to stick them in this traditional NFL offense, and then you think that they're a flop when it doesn't work out immediately now, the teams that have success with these kind of quarterbacks, they cater the offense to the skill set of the player you didn't invest it in. You didn't thought he was a good enough player to take number one overall or top five or some shit, and then you get him to the franchise and you put the handcuffs on him. Now, I think slowly the NFL teams are starting to learn that you need to use these niggas in the manner that suits their game so that they can get their shit off. And it looks like they did that with Justin Fields the last two games. Hopefully, they'll continue to do it so we can see how good he really is. Lamar Jackson, um, if you look at him, sometimes you look at his numbers and they don't jump off of the page because he might not have 250 yards passing. He'll be hovering around 200 yards passing. He don't throw for a lot of touchdowns, but he's responsible for moving that offense. The way the offense is built is built to suit him. And shout-out to the Ravens. You know, that's my squad. The Ravens have an all-black quarterback team. Every backup, every third-string nigga is a black guy playing quarterback, the number one position on the field. And not only that, the whole quarterback coaching staff 
is black men. So shout out to them for that, man. I love that for my squad. You see what I'm saying? But when it comes to these teams, Anthony Richardson over there in Indianapolis, they're allowing him to do his shit. He's, he's putting up some numbers. And the coach learned real quick that this is what they got to do. So my message to these teams that you want to draft these young men, um, I'm watching Bryce Young go through it in Carolina. Part of that is uh, there's kind of a lack of talent around him, and he's getting beat up. If you want to go out your way to draft these guys, use their skill set to your advantage, and you'll get what you pay for. Now, outside the vein of that, we'll go back to being Ohio State. You know me, I'm, I'm a C.J. Stroud guy. You know, he was our quarterback for the last couple of years at Ohio State. He got drafted to the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud, he's not the same as these other black quarterbacks because he doesn't use his legs that much. He's a more of a traditional pocket passer. Um, so I think he's having a more seamless transition into the NFL. And if you look at what he's doing, boy, he's picking shit apart. This nigga has broken the record for the most passes completed and attempted without throwing an interception as an NFL rookie, he's breaking these records of guys that are in the Hall of Fame. And C.J. Stroud's out there in Houston. Hey, the South got something to say. You heard that in my Andre 3K voice. C.J. Stroud out there lighting it up. I hope he continues to do so. But his skill set being a little more traditional, I think that's giving him an advantage over some of the other guys where he can go right into the system. He can read the defense. He can sit in the pocket. He will scramble if he has to, but it's not what his game entails. You know what I'm saying? So, it is what it is. Shout out to them guys, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm rooting for all y'all on my Issa Ray shit. You feel me? Pocket watching niggas trying to figure how I fall right. Different figures coming in, new money, get it all right. Kept the knife up in my back. I don't want to bleed out. Cuts hell fast, but them cuts getting deep now. You ain't got hey, look, man. Last but not least, I just want to once again thank everybody for tapping into the show. The support been growing. You know what I'm saying? Y'all been one episodes and I, I've been slacking a little bit. It's just, you know, that life shit happens. So I'm a little delayed in getting some episodes out sometimes, but don't ever think that I'm not constantly trying to search for content and things to get on here and talk about. Y'all seem to enjoy it. So I appreciate y'all tapping in. Remember when you do so, man, I appreciate the listen, but I would love for you to download it. You know what I'm saying? That has a big thing to do with the algorithm. It's one little button, whatever platform you're using, click download. It's not going to take up the space on your phone. It's going to download to that app, whether it be like Spotify or Apple or, uh, you know, wherever you're listening to the show at. I appreciate it one way or another. But if you want if you want to share it, that's always going to be appreciated. Also, I just want to leave you with a couple words, man, just because of the way the world is and the way people seem to value things. Don't try to make everything you do a flex, right? Because if you're doing some shit for yourself, the better yourself, the better your life and your loved ones, the people around you that matter, you ain't got to flex on nobody else. All flexing does is create jealousy, a little hatred, and a lot of times you ain't going to see it. It's going to be backdoor shit. I feel like if you spread positive energy, you show love, you keep it positive, you're going to get a lot further than flexing. You see so many people now, it's just... Everybody try to act like they self-made, like they don't fuck with nobody. My circle's so small and all that. Hey, I don't got a ton of people in my circle, but I got a decent-sized circle of people that I trust, that people that know that they could trust me and lean on me if something ain't right. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my people behind the wall, man. A couple good guys of mine fell recently, and, you know, they ain't nothing we going to glorify. That's not anything that's going to be making niggas look like that's a real nigga. But these is my real niggas, so I want to tell y'all to hold y'all head up because, you know, I'm one phone call away, and y'all been making them calls. You know, I'm going to pick that phone up. It's your boy. 
Anyways, man, lead with positivity, man. Just keep that shit first. All this whole, you know, I don't got no feelings. I don't give a fuck about nobody. You going to attract that energy, man. And then when you wonder why your life ain't going the way that you want it to, it's because you invite a lot of negativity into your house. And if you invite that negativity, then you will have to sit with it. You understand me? Once again, thanks for checking out the episode, man. I'm going to be back consistent, better than ever, coming at you after Texas podcast. If you're getting that money, make sure it's quiet money. You watching niggas trying to figure how I fall right. Different niggas coming in, new money, get it all right. Kept the knife up in my back. I don't want to bleed out. Cuts held fast, but them cuts getting deep now. You ain't got no.